Alright all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 251 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Eisenstein Prime episode of the SLS Cast. Because it turns out that um, if you're looking for a special kind of prime number with no imaginary part, well, the Eisenstein Prime number of 251 would be the Eisenstein Prime that you're looking for. And with that wonderful little bit of Eisenstein Prime knowledge, because apparently I can't stop saying Eisenstein, this is Matt. And coming to us all the way from sunny California is nobody. No tragedy. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, Tim, who had every uh, intent on being with us this evening, uh, disaster struck. He had come home to Houston, uh, for a wedding and, uh, I probably for some Astros World Series action when suddenly, somehow, some way, he hurt himself, like terribly. I've seen the pictures. His ankle is like severely fucked up. I truly, don't even know how he didn't manage to break it. It's really bad. And so he is currently convalescing and cannot be with us this week. But we shall carry on. Yes, I use the royal we because it's just me and what, well, oh, that's all we have. So, um, rather than just kind of pretending like we're going to have some banter and go back and forth, we're just going to have a simple episode where Matt pulls out the old rocking chair and the, and the old whittling stick there, right, you know, and takes out the old pen knife and starts talking about how back in my day, uh, not really, we're not, we're not going to do that actually. No, what we're going to do is basically just kind of run through the episode sans Tim. And we will wish Tim a very speedy recovery and hope that he is going to be able to convalesce properly and get back with us so that we don't have this weirdness that is just Matt talking nonstop for however long this is going to take. All right, so... um. Normally we would talk about, hey, what you been doing? What you been doing? Ah, well, for me, school and work and life has just been really weighing me down. So nothing interesting happening over on my end of the woods. And Tim will actually have much to talk about when we come back together. So hopefully we'll get all the nitty gritty details behind all the horror and the bone breakage or whatever it is. Because it's obviously just a really bad sprain. So... I guess we would normally go back and forth about getting into the email. But you know what? We're going to go ahead and do email. Check that mail sack. Check it good. Check that mail sack like you should. Oh, no! We suck again! And once again, no email. Ah, the love, there is none. I feel about as useful as Tim's right ankle right about now. Um, In case you didn't know, it was the right ankle. Um, But 
We still want to hear from you. We always want to hear from you, good, bad, indifferent, otherwise. Uh, please do send us an email to the show at slscast.com. Of course, as always, if you want to follow us on Twitter and or interact with us there, you can do so by tweeting us at the SLScast. And moving right into our bonus segment this week is I'm the only one who liked it. Who is the one that liked this movie? Not me. Who is the one that wants to watch again? Oh, you? Who is the one that wants to watch the movie? That was stupid. I'm the only one that liked it. That's me, folks, watching the movie. Oh man. I liked that movie and nobody else did. Yes, yes. I'm the only one who liked it. Um, well... Uh, this week for I'm the Only One Who Liked It is a movie that is actually very near and dear to my heart. It is a very low return budget movie. Uh, so the budget for the movie was 38 million. It only made 24 and a half million worldwide. Uh, it's got an outstanding rating of 46 on Rotten Tomatoes with, a, a like a 51 on Metacritic out there. And the movie, is 2001's comedy drama, Joe Somebody. Joe Sheffer was a devoted father. Did you always know you wanted to be a video communication specialist? Actually, Spider-Man, that's what I always wanted oh, to be. Death is supposed to be serious. With a good job. Ta-da! <laughs> There's only one problem. Hey, watch it, guys! And he's a big one. Battle Park here, my daughter and I have to park way over in Westline. I'm gonna give you the five to get back into your car. Are you like threatening to hit me? I'm gonna go with, uh, yeah. Now. You are the guy being a father to his daughter. That's the guy that you are. The man who's standing up for his family. I am going to kick Mark McKinney's... Yeah! ...is becoming everyone's hero. Been waiting for three years for someone to drop that jerk. Hey, everybody, this is my hero. Just as long as he doesn't back down. Do people ever come back here? Ed. As soon as I decided to do this, good things started happening. They named a sandwich after me. Oh. Oh, my God, what's your father? Does Dad know the governor? He must be bold. You talking to me? I'll take everything I see here. And if necessary, I'll buy that head. He must be brave. Dude, the hockey rink's next door. He must be out of his mind. (laughs) What are you, like, 12? You teach me a lot of that crouching dragon, hidden tiger stuff. No. Why not? We should do this again sometime. Yeah. 20th Century Fox and Regency Enterprises present... So, this is going to be you, huh? Well, eventually it will be. A comedy about what it really takes... ...to become somebody for everybody to believe in. Are you kidding me? You're Joe Sheffield. Tim Allen. Joe Somebody. Yeah, where's the motors now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Joe Somebody, the Tim Allen vehicle, where he plays a guy who literally gets bullied into an after-school fight at work. Yes, and he has to overcome his fears and insecurities of being a pushover 
and being a guy who just never really gets anywhere in life and yet just wants to. He's the everyman and the underdog. And he has to learn how to fight. And so who does he go and see? He goes and sees an old washed up action movie star played by an old washed up action movie star, uh, a la Jim Belushi. Yes. Who had, who was just starting to make a comeback, uh, about this time with everybody hates Jim, I think is what was the show. Um, but, and really it's a great turn for Jim Belushi. I, I thought that the art, that the, that the role was really well picked, um, because he really does embody that aspect of, Hollywood and the aging guy who had a shot, did some things, kind of blew it, but never really completely faded out and was able to have a career resurgence of his own shortly after the, after the movie. Um, Tim Allen, of course, this was in his, um, not necessarily waning popularity, but it was the start, uh, you know, of that slide from the peak. He was actually coming off of, uh, uh, Jungle to Jungle he had just done back in 19, in 1997. So I guess, you know, a few years before, but of course, you know, he'd been doing Santa Claus. He still had Santa Claus 2 and other movies that he had been doing primarily for Disney. But, um, this movie also, uh, stars Julie Bowen and Kelly Lynch, Greg Gurman, Hayden Panettiere and Patrick Warburton. So there's a lot of, uh, really good actors and actresses in there. And honestly, I think the reason why the movie didn't do as well as it could have was I think the banality of the subject matter, it was not taken as a farce. Like they were trying too hard to sell it as a comedy and there, and the drama, the drama's there, but the drama's light because it, for me, it it's just, it plays out more as a farce. And, I just thoroughly enjoy the movie. I don't know. Maybe it's just because, you know, I'm a sucker for an underdog. And it doesn't matter in what package that underdog comes in. Uh, this movie really does it for me. I own it on DVD and um, I pop it in from time to time. And I was really struggling too. It's kind of interesting. I was really struggling with this uh, pick this week because I'm like, man... What's something that I really want to talk about? I know that uh, I'd actually talked to uh, one of our good show friends and one of my really good friends, uh, Johnny White Trash, over at johnnywhitetrashshow.com. Check him out there for sure if you haven't already. Um, we were talking before he went on vacation a couple weeks ago, and, and I wanted to say that I thought of a really good one while we were talking, but of course... I forgot, so what are you going to do? And I'm going through the old DVD collection and everything, and I'm like, oh... Joe somebody and I actually had to look it up and uh sure enough yes it's it's by all accounts financially and critically terrible but if it just doesn't make you feel good by god you're just not human I stand by that or sit back in my day little 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 anyway so that is my pick and when uh Tim comes back we'll make sure that he throws in his pick and you can check that out over on uh next week's episode for episode 252 of the SLS cast so without further ado I tell you what it really does make a lot of difference having someone else to talk to I mean Goodness gracious, it's going to be a very, very short episode. Um, but uh, yeah, without further ado, it is now time for the movie, so let's hit it up. It's 
movies are not exactly what we said they were going to be last week due to our truncated nature. We're actually going to be covering American Made and The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes, this is a bonus movie that was thrown in there because, well, we want to give you something to listen to. And so Tim and I were going back and forth about what we could do and and I had seen The Hitman's Bodyguard when it came out. And even posted a bonus rating on Twitter, uh, on my own personal Twitter. And uh, that, of course, Tim and I interacted on Twitter out there for as well. And so, you know what? We're going to talk about it. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead and do them in alphabetical order, starting with 2017's American Made. That's for the damage for your sister. Hey, little darling, and your bike. Some of this shit really happened. You never saw me. Top of your class in the Civil Air Patrol, a pilot like you shouldn't be flying buses. Welcome to Miami. Welcome to Bakersfield. Haven't you ever wanted something more, Barry? You should be serving your country. You're CIA. <sighs> we need you to deliver stuff for us. Oh, this is legal? If you're doing it for the good guys. Barry Seals, a goddamn genius! You are an airline pilot, Barry. That's how you support this family. This is gonna be good for us. Is this all legal? You trust me? No! We're expanding operations, Barry! Roscoe dug this up in the backyard. There are bills blowing around everywhere. I'll rake it up in the morning. ATF, drop your weapons! Guns, drugs, money laundering. Did y'all know the caddies have more trunk space than any other car? I'll get each and every one of you the caddy for your troubles. See, I'm gonna walk out of here. (laughs) I don't read a damn thing. Andy, what are you can do about it? He's free to go. Wait, wait, wait a minute. The boy should have taken a caddis. I was working for the CIA, the DEA, and Pablo Escobar. 1,500 kilos. That's 15. 1,500 kilos, Barry. In one go. Get it fucking done. This is a biographical crime film. It's directed by Doug Lehman. Uh, it's written by Gary Spinelli and it stars Tom Cruise, Domino Gleason, Sarah Wright, Alejandro Eda, Mauricio Mejia, Caleb Landry Jones, and Jesse Plemons. Now, the, the idea here is that the movie's supposed to be kind of, uh, a loose interpretation of Barry Seal's life, um, who was a guy that literally was a pilot for TWA and ended up working for the government, um, in the in, in kind of what was loosely become what would loosely become the Iran Contra affair, um, but at the same time he also was doing uh, he was also working the the drug business on the side and making millions of dollars doing that. Now the film uh, is really it's it's really just a well done film. On the whole, it's just a well-done film. However, you must understand that while, you know, it's about a guy named Barry Seal who lived in the 70s and 80s in terms of his, uh, his, his prime time. Um, and he did do some working for the government stuff. This is basically, um, 
more or less fully admits that they are they just took every single fucking liberty with the world uh, in the world with this guy's life this is actually um I, I I don't even feel comfortable saying it's loosely based. Um, spoiler alert for those who are not aware of who Barry Seal is. This is guy who um, is well known in government in drug agency circles and government circles. There have been more than uh, there's been more than one movie made on his uh, made about his life. Back in 1991, there was a made-for-TV movie that starred Dennis Hopper uh, called um, uh, Double Cross, and that was my first. Uh, introduction to Barry Seal. So he does die, unfortunately. He he was gunned down due to his participation in bringing um, drug cartels to justice. And that movie is um, much more in line with what happened in his life. But um, this one, this movie, American Made, really and truly just kind of um, has as much fun as humanly possible with the source material as they can because they want it to be entertaining. And so while they do hit the highlights, right? Guy's name was Barry Seal. He was a pilot. He did do work for the government. He did do drug stuff. And then, of course, yes, he bit it in the end. Um, the where's, the how's, and the why's are either greatly exaggerated and or completely fabricated just to make the movie funny where it needs to be funny. And it is. They do actually make a great show of um understanding how to put the money together or I'm, I'm sorry, how to put the how how to put the shots together. They make a great deal of understanding the way that these actors and actresses should behave and the character work is really is really spot on. The only problem is is that due to the nature of where they have the movie taking place, uh, much of it in the south, either like Louisiana or Arkansas, they also just fall too often into the trope of southern uh, southern humor, right? Making fun of trailer trash, making fun of the hicks, um, and, and and things of that nature, which become just it's it, at that point it kind of loses its soul for the sake of its own narrative. And when it just relies on the charm and the charisma that Cruz brings to the character, I'm not trying to say anything too liberal in that regard because you know Tom Cruise gets enough flag in that regard as it is but um the way that Barry Seal is portrayed in this movie with the with the character the charisma um when they just rely on that and let him do the work the movie really and truly shines. Um, and it's fun to see all of the characters and the dynamics that they create as they interact with Barry. And Cruz does a fantastic job with it. There's, for me, there's no denying that. The only, the only other, and, and then of course, once again, you've got a great performance by Domino Gleason. It's just an absolute, and, and the nice thing is, is that for me, um, after, over the last couple of years where we've kind of seen him play these quieter parts, or even when they're not necessarily quiet, they're still somewhat offbeat. Here we get to kind of see him stretch his legs a little bit. And it's definitely a lot of fun to watch Domino Gleason do that. So just another fantastic performance by Domino Gleason there. The only other thing I would say is that because they took so many liberties with the movie, uh, with his, with, with source material is that while it's fun, it's, 
it's flawed and there's and they can only take it so far before it starts getting hyperbolic and even with the idea behind 80s excess and everything like that there's only so much of that that you can move forward with before it just kind of it's not really out of hand funny it's just kind of out of hand so at the end of the day i do give this movie a four out of five it's really good fun i did really enjoy it but it's definitely got its flaws uh chiefly the relying on the southern humor thing and of course getting a little too out of hand with its excess and its outrageousness regarding the source material i think you'll enjoy it though you should definitely give it a shot as soon as you can. Thank you for coming to see me. Sir, I, I think there's been some sort of mistake here because I, uh, these fellas just picked me up at the airport. No, no, I, no mistake. Just please, have a seat. Coffee, Mr. Seal? You know my name? Very gringo who flies to Central America every week. Taking pictures very low with your fancy plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I... Those photos, see, I have a uh, aviation company here yes. in South America. Yes, the AIC. I, I see, yes, sir. Or is it CIA? What? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just a businessman here. I'm a businessman. Imports, exports, cattle, horses. But now, now God above has blessed this great country with new riches, Mr. Seal. And you could help us. How's that? You know the routes. You can get in and out of Estados Unidos with your fancy plane. What, what kind of riches are we talking about here? Finally, finally, yes, we have The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes, 2017 action comedy film, American film, directed by Patrick Hughes, written by Tom O'Connor, and, of course, actually, this was a 2011 Blacklist script, so there's something for you. Uh, the movie, of course, stars Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, along with Gary Oldman, Salma Hayek, Elodie Jung, Joaquim de Almeida, de Almeida, Kirsty Mitchell and Richard E. Grant. This is Michael Bryce. I'm an executive protection agent. I've extracted my client. Cleanup is required. You might want to call the bomb squad. Make it the fire department. Is that my car? I'm afraid so. Have a seat. It's been a long day. The trial continues. One of the world's most brutal dictators. With a key witness to testify. I have a job for you. The transport is in there. What the? I'm a AAA-rated executive protection agent. And you're the most wanted hitman in the world. My job is to keep you out of harm's way. <laughs> Prepare for that assault. When Kincaid is dead, you'll be paid in full. 27 times. That's so many times it tried to kill me. 27. 28! <laughs> I'll be safer on my own! You will last one hour without me. Tell us where your husband is. You lost my husband? Do you have any idea how stupid you sound? The only way Bryce and Kincaid don't make it to is that they kill each other first. Jesus Christ! Really? What happened to the seatbelt? 
belt room. Uh, what we've got here is a EU-based bodyguard by the name of uh, Michael Bryce, who, of course, is played by Ryan Reynolds. And he is living high on the hog. He's like the number one bodyguard in the world. And, of course, he is brought down quite a few pegs when completely beyond his control his charge is killed now we fast forward a couple of years he's struggling he and he's still he's still good at his job but he's no longer in any way shape or form at the upper echelon of what he was previously we also and while while he's trying to just get his life together or live in the misery he wants to live in simultaneously we've got a dictator uh Vladislav Dukovic, uh, who is the dictatorial president of Belarus, played by Gary Oldman. He is on trial um, at basically um, the International Criminal Court, and they are having problems convicting him. And it turns out that the only person who has the goods on him is Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Darius Kincaid, uh, one of the world's most notorious hitmen. His wife, played by Selma Hayek, that's kind of the trump card. They're like, look, we'll let your, we'll let your wife go. We'll let her out of jail if you testify. And really shouldn't be in jail to begin with, but whatever. We then, of course, um, have the hit attempt on Samuel Jackson, and then they are inadvertently brought together, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. Uh, turns out these guys have been trying to kill each other for several years now, and yet they have to work together to get Kincaid to uh, court because Kincaid wants his wife freed, and if Michael can get Kincaid to court, he can get his life back too. Shenanigans ensue, and everything goes as it should in a movie of this type. All right, so here is where I land on this movie. Uh, the movie is truly absolutely hilarious and has some great action scenes. Uh, it is definitely a hell of a lot of fun, and I believe I will be making this a Blu-ray purchase when it comes out. But there are two problems, and one of them is actually kind of a fatal flaw to the movie. One, the movie simply... It, it simply tries to take itself too seriously in several points, not all the time, but in several points. And this is a kind of movie that on its face, in its marketing campaign, admittedly by the characterizations and with the actors involved, chiefly Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson, you already know exactly what you're in for. Smack talk, one-liners, you know, hilarity, great action, you know, just give us a solid plot and we'll go. We don't need, even in the established buddy formula, given the kinds of actors that we have with the kinds of characters that they're doing, we don't really need a lot of seriousness, right? There's no reason to really break the levity. You can use, you can let the action dictate the pace as you would in a regular action film but you can also just let that action dictate the reason why they end up liking each other and when the movie's doing that because there's a lot of that going on it's fantastic but then of course in standard buddy film fashion uh, odd couple fashion you have to have oh well you know, they gotta find real respect for one another, blah, 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 blah. You don't need that, especially in this kind of movie in this day and age. And 
there are several points in the film where this tries to happen. And for me, just completely unnecessary. And it really just kind of breaks, it breaks the illusion. Um, which is saying a lot because you're just kind of figuring that the whole thing has been typecast at this point. Um, the other thing is, and this is kind of the big deal for me, there is a huge plot hole in this film. Um, it's not, uh, this is not exactly a spoiler per se, uh, because it doesn't break the ending of the film or anything like that. But the idea that this, that, that this guy, Gary Oldman is on trial and he's literally up against one of his people, uh, this professor who, watched Dukovich kill his wife and his child in front of him. And then they put this guy, the, the and then, of course, Dukovich puts this professor in a labor camp for three years after he shot his wife and his daughter in front of him in their own home. And then, of course, Dukovich's lawyer goes, this is hearsay. And the court just goes, okay. <laughs> and this is the impetus for needing Darius Kincaid. Now, I'm not saying that we we can't have Darius, you know, we don't need Darius Kincaid for another reason, but it's like, this is not hearsay. This is a guy sitting in the room who watched this happen. This is direct eyewitness testimony. You know, if you want to rule him out some other way, not a reliable witness, making it up, breaking him under cross-examination, things of that nature, fine. But they literally are just like, we're out of options. This guy's was just ruled hearsay for no reason. Damn it, get me Darius Kincaid. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, what the actual fuck are we even doing here? And And it bugged me. It bugged me for the rest of the fucking movie. So... That that just uh, irked me enough. But even still, all that uh, considered, this movie gets a very, very solid and respectable 3.75 out of 5. It's great fun, and I can't wait to show it off to my friends. But it does suffer from some flaws and some overt, you know, buddy movie seriousness that is unnecessary. And that is the end of the movies for this week. Next week's movies are going to be Blade Runner 2049, Stronger, and Thor Ragnarok. Yes, and without further ado, because I say so this time, it is time for the spiel. Is there something wrong with the food? No, the food was excellent. Perhaps you're not happy with the service? No, no, no complaints. It's just that we have to go. I'm having rather a heavy period. And we have a train to catch. Oh. oh, yes, yes, of course, we have a train to catch. And I don't want to start bleeding all over the seats. So here we go, folks. Yes, the music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS Cast, and you can find us at SLScast.com. You can send us an email to the show at SLScast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLScast. You can follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at nitwit12345. You can climb aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio, as well as track us down in the old SoundCloud. So until next week, this is Matt saying that thanks to Domhnall Gleeson, I get to say this. 
I think everybody's got their insecurities and hangups. Everybody! Unless you're an idiot. Perhaps we should be going. Oh, very well, monsieur. Thank you so much. So nice to see you. And I hope very much we will see you again very soon. Au revoir, monsieur. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>